Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? This is Jay. Uh, just with a quick editorial note before we get started with today's show. As most of you know, we typically record our shows on Monday evenings. And just to give us uh, ourselves enough time to edit the podcast and get everything ready to go. Um, unfortunately, on Tuesday, after we had recorded the show, I found out the kind of devastating news that the legendary drummer Charlie Watts um, of the Rolling Stones passed away at the age of 80. And, uh, you know, it, it, it had, I heard the news in the afternoon while I was in the middle of doing a million other things. And it just kind of really hit me pretty hard. And I'm, I'm sorry that we didn't get a chance to address it, uh, on the show. So I just wanted to say, um, how much, you know, he meant to me as a drummer and uh, to all of his legions of fans throughout the world. Um, he'll be sorely missed. And, um, just wanted to acknowledge him and 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 say uh, rest in power, Mr. Charlie Watts. On with the show. Hey there. Well, hi. Mm-hmm. Hey, Nick. Hey, guys. Hey, hey Greg. Oh, hi. Hi, listeners. Hello, listeners. Hello, How's it listeners. Greetings. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, there they are. There they are. Season three crowd we got assembled here. Yeah, that's man. right. That's yeah. right. We got some new technology running with Are us they, uh, I, I, this evening. You were so excited about this app. I'm so pumped. Wait, I, hope this, I hope we get a segment out of it one day. What's up? Are, are, <laughs> are these folks vaccinated? The crowd? Yeah, oh. the audience. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. We're on Live Nation. Looking up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We get, we yeah. get, we get. Of course, we do our shows through Live Nation, so that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Yes, that's Very right. Good. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> hey, Nick. Hi there. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing Long all right. time no see. I know. I saw you yesterday. You surprised me. <laughs> you all surprised me. Surprised. Uh, dear, dear listeners, let me clue you into what happened last night. Yeah. This would be uh, Sunday, August twenty second. Not Nick's birthday. Mm-mm. No, that's in December. Yeah. December. However, mm-hmm. <laughs> see, I've I've been waiting a month and a half to tell this story, honestly. So I, just, let's hear I, it. I have to tell it. Let's hear it. So your wife, your lovely wife, Trish Klein, reached out to me mm-hmm. uh, about a month and a half ago and said, you know, I really want to give Nick a proper fortieth birthday because our man is turning forty. Okay. Mm-hmm. As uh, sure, as December. I will be in yep. as I will be in November, but yes, your birthday is in December. But uh-huh. she, she felt bad that your birthday always seems to conflict with the holidays, and she wanted to give you a proper birthday party. Oh, so okay. she asked, "Hey, what would be really cool is if your band Sleepers mm-hmm. could play for your surprise fortieth birthday party." So I'm playing at my show, at my own party. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what your wife was requesting yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of me. And I said, well, how is that going to work? How are we going to prepare for a show that he doesn't know? So and she had kind of the brilliant idea. Well, why don't we set up a fake show for, and we'll pretend it's the following weekend. We can say that you're, that you guys are going to be playing for my mom's 70th birthday party. Mm-hmm. So wait, we're not playing... I, I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you again, Nick, but we will not be playing. I, you know for what? My you know what I want to say? 70th birthday party. Ms. De- Ms. Debbie Flager, I'm sorry. I am sorry. She's listening. I thought. <laughs> I thought this was part of the. Thought this was part of the festivities. I was Don't very speak excited. too loud, or it might happen. It might happen. Okay. Okay. So anyway, yesterday this whole thing went down, and you know, uh, me and Crashmere, the baseball bass player, we showed up 
at uh, your house and we set up a show, man. And we You're played for all your there. families and I, friends. I had no idea what was going on. I knew something was happening because there's so much pork cooking in the crock pot. <laughs> so much pork. And Did you think to yourself, hey, maybe Greg's coming by? Because I do like know, my pulled pork. <laughs> you know, buddy, I, I'd be happy to ship you some. Um, we got a lot. Actually, no, I think we ate everything, to be honest. I think everything was wow. eaten. Well, I didn't get any until after the set, and I tell you, it was it was running pretty dry yeah, by the I time I got there. So. <laughs> yep, it was, it was, that was, uh, no, that was delightful. That was, um, <laughs> did you have a good time? It was so, <laughs> it was so disorienting. I believe that. I, I yeah. just was like, I, like, again, I, I knew something was happening. I could tell Trish was stressed. I wasn't allowed to ask. I, can, I knew that too. So I was just hanging out with the boys, and then there's a <laughs> on the door. And Trish is like, Nick, can you get that? And which is like, okay, well, somebody's here. <sighs> oh, see who it is. <laughs> and then it's my mug. You and Crash. You and Crash, side by side. Masked Smiling. Up. Smiling. Two masked friends. Just Smiling behind their there. masks. Yep, and it's mm. raining. I was like, what? Why? Yeah. What do you... Hey, guys. <laughs> What's what you... so funny is that I, like, I, I drove home. You know, it's about an hour and 15-minute ride home from mm-hmm. your house to back to my place. And I'm like... Man, why why did Nick not seem excited to see us? And then it occurred to me, like, maybe we ruined his Sunday evening. Not at all. <laughs> like, like, maybe you had, like, this whole plan, like, oh, man, I'm just going to sit back and watch some Rick and Morty, just chill and just it's relax. Not and a then thing I've like, ever done, but I could have. I might have done that. No, no, you didn't. No, it wasn't that at all. It, it was really just, I knew something was going on. I didn't know the depth and the complexity, but I knew yeah. it was big because everybody, everybody was like, hey, just be cool with this. Just be cool with it. And I was like, okay, I'll be cool with it, but what am I being cool with? Wait, why are Jay and Kreshmir here? This is great. Thanks, guys, for coming. And then Kreshmir just is like, yeah, we don't really have a gig next week. And I thought just he was joking. I just thought he was joking. I was like, yeah, whatever. Why are you here? And we're playing today. I was like, really? We're playing today? Yeah, we're really playing today. And then you said again, next week was just a ruse because yeah. really today's the show. Yeah. Yeah, we lied to you, buddy. That's okay. That's okay. I understand. It was all for all for a good cause. But that really, I had to like settle with that. <laughs> I'm I was sorry, like, man. really? <laughs> We're not. Well, okay. I, I tell no, you, but we, it wasn't. We, it was. It was just. It was just the reality shattering moment of finding out you had a gig canceled. I get you. That's I all. get you. But you know, we we got a short little set put together. I think it it whipped us into shape. Heck yeah! Oh, I think no, it did it was pretty a great, good job. Yeah, it was a great. So. You know, and honestly, the week that you brought that to the table. The, the mom's gig thing was also the mm-hmm. week that Kreshmir randomly texted me, what do you think about doing a gig? So in hindsight, like, I probably could have put stuff together, but I'm just not suspicious enough because you guys are so, so honest. You know, I guess that seal is broken now. You can't believe, yeah, trust no, anything I'm I say. To, from I'm you. just going to go back to trusting you. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> that was worth it. It was good. It was wonderful. And we cool. got to play and a bunch of random people that it was such a, a, a great, weird conglomeration of just like a person from this and a person from that. And a, yeah. 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 It was really and cool. it was great to meet uh, Eric and s- to see Steve Camus again. Yeah. And man, it was it was Eric it was, was a there. Cool, Steve was there. Cool um, gathering. Ben, Ben wouldn't even allow me to address which which kids he got to know. He's like, yeah, they're my friends. So that was good. <laughs> and made some friends. Cool. Nice. So it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. Hey, it, it was my pleasure, and I'm yeah. glad it went off well. I mean, and yeah. uh, Greg, I'm sorry you missed it, man. Yeah, I didn't even get an invite. <laughs> I'm sorry too. I don't. I, I've I've actually had to do these apologies for people was, that were like, "Hey, what's up? Why didn't I?" And I'm like, "I don't know." I was it's on okay. the East Coast, but oh, 
It's okay, Greg. Boy, that hurts. Boy, yeah. that hurts. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I feel like a son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. Well, I know your trust in me is is slightly wavering, it's but not. trust me. Trust me on this one, Nick. We got a huge show. Yes, I'm for us tonight. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, just no, just roll with it. Last last time I tricked you, at least it it ended up pretty well. I think. Hundred so. percent. I right. trust you. Let's get this bad boy started. Let's do it. Let's go. Yes, 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 yes. That's right. This is You Should Check It Out. This is episode 107 Woo. coming at you on a beautiful Thursday. And uh, my name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. And we're super excited to have you back with us. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm going to be talking about some country music, okay? Some fiddling, yeah. Some whittling, whittling and fiddling. Some diddling, perhaps. Mm, careful, <laughs> careful. <laughs> Get in trouble with the diddle. Nick is going to be revisiting a previous topic that we're going to be doing a little bit more exploring on. Yep, a little follow up homework. Yep. And Greg is going to be re-exploring some uh, soul legends. Yeah, I believe. Yes, yeah. indeed. It is going to be a good show. You're right. I'm so. sorry I doubted you. <laughs> <laughs> I still doubt. That'll show you. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, let me regrain your trust a little bit more okay. with this first musical selection. All right. You guys know I haven't been shy about this. One of my musical heroes is Mr. Sturgill Simpson. Yeah. And he's been as active as ever, and he's got a brand new album out. And the album is called The Ballad of Dude and Juanita. About this. And this is so cool. Uh, it's a concept album. It's like a bluegrass country historical concept album about this fictional story about this guy named The Dude uh, who gets is living in Kentucky in the 1860s. And mm-hmm. some guy comes over and steals his stuff and, and takes his woman. And he's got to go out on this epic journey to go regain Juanita. And it's just a fantastic album i kind of want to do a, a full review of it a little bit later i just kind of got my first uh taste of it today all right uh but the track i want to play from you for you is called juanita and this it's a beautiful track it's kind of the 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 centerpiece of the album and it features a beautiful nylon string guitar solo in the middle of it by one mr willie nelson excellent so without further ado this is juanita you are the I am a grain of sand In waves of emotion A violent and craven man But the day that I found you Come washed over the storm The sun came up The soft blue eyes And the moon in arms so warm Juanita, where'd your mama get that name? There's no senorita from the mountains where you came. And if I ever saw one, she wouldn't be pretty as you. With black hair so long. Soft eyes, so blue. Juanita, 
questions about this album, but I'm going to save them. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll jump back in. I need a, a couple more listens to digest it. Excellent. But I'm really excited because, you know, Sturgill Simpson has been all over the map. He's done pretty much everything. He's been kind of a genre-bending mm -hmm. new country star. And yeah. he's done a rock album, and he's done a country album, and he's done a bluegrass album, and now he's done a... And he's kinda, smart, and he thinks for himself. Yeah, right? Which is nice. Yeah, yeah. really nice to see. Trigger, Trigger sounds like it needs a, a setup, though, a little bit. Don't you think so? <laughs> 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 talking, about, talking about Trigger, which is Willie Nelson's old uh, nylon string guitar. I'm, I'm totally yeah, kidding, right. by the way. It sounds yeah, great, yeah. but yeah. It's, it's a little what's really funny about <laughs> What's really funny about that is if you're into like guitar luthery nerd stuff like I am, there's actually... Stuart McDonald is a big manufacturer for guitar luthery parts and repair videos and stuff like that. And they have a YouTube channel... And one of the guy there's a there's like an hour long video of this guy like quote unquote repairing trigger, and <laughs> just like, going through all the things he knows that needs to be done based on. What the do sound. you do? This guitar has like five holes in it, like yeah. on the top. <laughs> yeah, 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 like you can see <laughs> the like, holes. So I don't, I don't <laughs> want to like repair this hole. This is like a vintage hole. Like everyone knows this hole. You right, can't, right, right. <laughs> you oh, can't man. repair this hole. Yeah, it's like it, it's, like if you saw this guitar on the street, you would be like, oh, I can't. I, I'm not going to take that home with me. You know. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you just it's be literally like, like oh, a 1942 it's, it's a hunk of junk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's got like this crappy pickup in it that only works with this one amplifier that he's been playing through since oh, like 1976. It's it's crazy. Anyway, but he wow. makes it work. He of course, work. of course. I'm not questioning his his choices. I just think it's funny. <laughs> so yeah, it. that's yeah, Sturgill Simpson. Wow. Yeah, all right. That's yeah. uh that's new stuff. But my topic this this week, I just found out today that a guy that has recently become one of my favorite songwriters uh mr tom t hall passed away at the age of 85 okay. this past saturday i believe tom t hall tell yeah. me more well i think i guess i'll start by saying that if you really want if you're inter if anything that we say today interests you um, my interest was sparked by the excellent podcast that I brought up a million times, mm -hmm. Cocaine and Rhinestones. Yeah. You know, he did an hour and a half episode just on Tom D. Hall, and that's really what sparked my interest in this guy. I knew many of the songs that this guy had written, but I didn't really know anything about the guy, and I didn't, I didn't know that he was a... I didn't know his name at all. I didn't know what he mm -hmm. was about. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the subsequent year and a half maybe since that episode came out like he's really become one of my favorite songwriters he was just so smart and so i uh, just wrote these very clever country songs that kind of encapsulate is the classic story writer um storyteller mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh country songs but never in like a bob dylan like seven minute opus kind of way sure. it was always in like a two and a half to Catchy. three and a half minute song yeah. And always very catchy. And he was also a great singer and a great guitar player in his own right. He was born in Kentucky back in 1936. Uh, he worked as a DJ for a little while, then moved to Nashville and, and wrote eventually wrote songs for the likes of Johnny Cash, George Jones, Waylon Jennings, Loretta Lynn, Bobby Bear, uh, Alan Jackson. Um, pretty much anybody who's anybody in country music has played or covered a song by Tom T. Hall. The dude wrote 12 number one songs. Wow. 12. Uh, just some of those. Um, Harper Valley PTA, I Love, which is one of 
my wife's favorite songs. Oh. Uh, I don't know if you guys know that song or not. No. It's 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 a little cheesy little country song. It's I love little baby ducks. Da, 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 da. And like, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's a very cute song, but it has like the, these really clever turnarounds and turns of phrases at the end of each verse. Okay. Keep it interesting. Uh, there's a great song called Faster Horses, uh, Watermelon Wine, Country Is, uh, Little Biddy, which was covered by Alan Jackson, turned into a number one hit. But let me just play a couple little quick clips of some of his songs. Okay, um, yeah, let's hear some of this. Yeah, uh, one of the ones that I really love, uh, and, and again, not to bring up John Prine again, but he reminds me a lot of John Prine. He's kind of like the very country version of John Prine in the okay. way that he writes. Okay. Very, cl- Each line is just chock full of information and delivered in a very succinct, very clever way. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a pretty good example of that. This, this song is called The Year That Clayton Delaney Died. Uh, first of all, just to get this out of the gate, it's two minutes and 44 seconds long. So if you guys want to dive into this guy's songbook, it's, it's not lesson. like it's yeah. It's not like reading War and Peace. It's sure. it's it, it's fun. It's easy to do. So it's a two minute and forty four second story about basically a guitar prodigy who is talking about a guy who grew up in his town who was an even better guitar player than he was, but who never who never wanted to go to Nashville for reasons that he didn't understand whenever he was a little kid. Mm-hmm. But now that he's growing up, he's grown up, he realized that it's because this guy was just a booze hound. And he thought that to be a great musician, you had to be drunk. Guys. So, like, all of that information is encapsulated in a two-minute and 44-second song. It's just wow. brilliant. Right. So, I'm just going to play the first uh, couple of verses here. This is the year that Clayton Delaney died. I remember the year that Clayton Delaney died They said for the last two weeks that he suffered and cried It made a big impression on me Although I was a barefoot kid They said he got religion at the end And I'm glad that he did Clayton was the best guitar picker in our town I thought he was a hero and I used to follow Clayton around I often wondered why Clayton, who seemed so good to me Never took his guitar and made it down in Tennessee Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, this, this next song that I'm going to play is also about death. Uh, <laughs> it seems to be a recurring theme. This one's called The Ballad of $40. And this is a great song because uh, the meaning of the title doesn't really reveal itself until the very end of the song. And I won't tell you it isn't what it is until after the song is played. Right. But it's basically it's, it's an undertaker's view of a funeral of a guy that he knows and that you know that he knows but you don't know why he knows him and you don't know why this guy is important to him so the entire song is just him explaining how this funeral is going down and all the accoutrements who's showing up to the funeral and what's going on around the funeral but he doesn't really explain why he cares about this guy at all until the very end so here it is ballad of forty dollars 
The man who preached the funeral said it really was a simple way to die. He lay down to rest one afternoon and never opened up his eyes. They hired me and Fred and Joe to dig the grave and carry up some chairs. It took us seven hours and I guess we must have drunk a case of beer. I guess I ought to go and watch them put him down, but I don't own a suit. And anyway, when they start talking about the fire in hell, well, I get spooked. So I'll just sit here in my truck and act like I don't know him when they pass. Anyway, when they're all through, I've got to go to work and mow the grass. All right. <laughs> so uh, generally avoiding the subject of death, this guy is, even though this yeah, is kind exactly. of his profession or something? No, it turns out that the guy owed him 40 bucks. That's what, that's what the deal was. Okay. <laughs> He's pissed off that he died because now he's never going to get his money back. Hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> Real good. sentimental sentimental dude, that, that <laughs> yeah, one's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I just love that. Like, yeah. it's, it, for anybody who's never written a song, like to encapsulate that amount of like Data storytelling. Data and backstory and, and history. Uh, it's just and, crazy. Yeah. And, but, What's brilliant about it is that you don't, like, it's it's a master class in what you don't have to include. Like, the details that you don't have to include. Mm-hmm. All this guy's talking about is just, like, his observations on the day of this guy's funeral. Mm-hmm. You know, and then at the end, he just throws in, oh, yeah, yeah I'll never get that 40 bucks back. You know? Yep. And it's just, it, uh, mm-hmm. I just love it. I just love it. I just love it. Yeah. That's neat. Very yeah. Cool. So, I not going to play any of the songs. Th- these are all songs that have been covered by other people that these are the original recordings that mm-hmm. Tom T. Hall did. Um, I don't know that he ever had any real big hits on his own as a recording artist, but he definitely uh, had hits for other people. Yeah, so one of my favorite albums of his is one that I got hit to by Cocaine and Rhinestones. It's called The Magnificent Music Machine, and it's him doing his Bluegrass album. Kind of similar to what Sturgill Simpson did. Ah, okay. Um, and uh, it's a bunch of original songs just done with a bluegrass band. Really clever stuff. And the opening track is called Fox on the Run, and it's just great. I, I love this song. I think that this might be one of the few times, and you should check it out in history, that I might be playing a song for the second time. And I think I played this early on in, in our run, but okay. I looked back at the archives, and I did not see it. So that gives me justification for playing it again. <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So here we go. Tom T. Hall. This is Fox on the Run. Walks through the corn leading down to the river Her hair shone like gold in the hot morning sun She took all the love that a poor boy could give her And left me to die like a fox on the run Like a fox, like a fox on the run Now everybody knows the reason for my fall Woman tempted me down in Paradise Hall. This woman tempted me and she took me for a ride. Like a lonely fox, cause I need a place to hide. She walked through the corn, leading down to the river. 
Her hair shone like gold in the hot morning sun She took all the love that poor boy could give her And left me to die like a fox on the run Like a fox, like a fox on the run All right. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah, that. Just wanted to give a good send-off to Mr. Tom T. Hall, an inspiration and a, a great voice for country music and a great songwriter. He will be missed. Rest in power, Mr. Tom T. Hall. Mm-hmm. See you, buddy. That, that, that's great. Thank you, man. Nick Klein, what you got for us, buddy? Well, I would like to pick up on a conversation we started last week. Uh, Greg brought up a uh, particular mm-hmm. album. Greg brought up her... Kreshmere's Seeds Planted, um, that an album had recently come to streaming that Greg, I think, hadn't yet fully... Had you listened to it at that point, Greg? I had heard it, but never, like, listened. Like, not gotten... Okay, okay. I was familiar with it, but not in This would be uh, Trout Mask Replica, right? (gasps) Our our very own Trout Mask Replica by Captain Beefheart and his magic band. And we we said at that time, hey, we're going to need... We're gonna need to come back to this because it was a, it was kind of like a same day segment idea, and, yeah. and mm-hmm. we wanted to really give it its own. Um, so, yeah, well, we all wanted a chance to go back and listen to it. Yeah. It is a double album; it's twenty eight tracks, so we all wanted a chance. And to it also like, it it was only recently released for streaming. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Just so. came out. So, first question, guys, did we get a chance to listen to it? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, Greg. Yeah, I listened to it a few more times for sure. Any 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 residual thought? You know what? Why don't we? You want to want to do a clip? Yeah, sure. Let's do sure. A, let's do a straight a straighter clip. Um, just in case, just in I case no that. one's ever heard this. Just in case yeah, no one. Yeah, I want to do small ones though. I yeah, want to do smaller yeah, okay. clips because I realized last week when I was writing this up that that clip dragged and it's a particularly <laughs> tough clip. So mm-hmm. if anybody finished last week's episode, thank you. Um, <laughs> I love that we are subjecting our audience to like. 15 minutes of Trout Mass Replica over the past two episodes. Uh, well, I'm going to give a 30-second clip. <laughs> All right. Um, the, the, this one, this is, uh, this is a hair pie, big two. Okay. Uh, and I'd like, to, uh, I'd like to listen to this. Excellent. I was, back and that forth, one, I was back and forth on a lot of different clips. Here's the reason I picked that one. I, I, do you have? You think you know? Because you kind of had like a like a smirk. Oh, okay, good. No, no, uh, no. I picked that one because to me, it's it's clear that there that each instrument is playing a specific lick, yeah, and repeating that specific lick. And mm-hmm. while it has not yet lined up within the course of that thirty second block, actually, I think it does once. <laughs> They're playing it intentionally, right? Like they're, that, oh, that's yeah. they're, there's a that's what they're that's what they're actually that they're practicing. Um, and we kind of talked about it last week. And I did know I've always known this, but I've never listened to hear how would it have been like practicing this, right? Because the whole yeah. and Brutal. we got into this a little bit last week. But I was reading a good bit more about this, and and basically his first two albums, 
he had assembled a band of, of some talented musicians and was really frustrated because they kind of ran the band as like a democratic, like, you know, everybody got to weigh in. Right. And his crazy, crazy ideas always got vetoed. <laughs> and he got, was getting really frustrated. So he had he'd done, he did an album in 67 and 68, and then he pulled a band together after, after they had recorded those, basically pulled it, a, a group together made up of younger musicians, more impressionable, mm -hmm. got a house outside of L.A., which we kind of talked about on the outskirts of L.A., booked them up for six months, they practiced 12-hour days. He's, you know, like all the stuff we were talking about last week, he, <laughs> uh, he, he sang his parts and also, or I'm sorry, he whistled his parts, but also drug a piano in, which he didn't play. Which he didn't know how to play. And had the drummer <laughs> annotate all of the parts for him and then basically would leave for weeks on end while the band had to remain in the house and not leave and practice. That was what they had to do. So this was 12 mm -hmm. or more hour days practicing this it, it sounds pretty practical to me. How do right. you set up your albums? Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it makes <laughs> makes a hundred makes total sense. Um, there was, and there was, so, so some, so, and, and this has kind of become legend, right? Like the yeah. stuff that they had to endure. Some some musicians claimed that they weren't allowed to leave the premises, save for a weekly grocery trip. And drummer John Drumbo French, who was also the guy who annotated everything from uh -huh. Beefheart's piano playing, said that he spent one month eating only a cup of soybeans every day. And that was his. That was his diet. What's the, um, problem? What's the problem? And no, that's kind of like the Red Knots like road rider, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Four Just cans of soybeans. Of soybeans. <laughs> <laughs> a can of soybeans a day. They slept with and, and an opener and a can opener. Oh. <laughs> and a can. Yeah, that's you've always done the this, problem. You've not done this before. Opener. Yeah, <laughs> it's always the not having the can opener that's the. Mm -hmm. ah. So six months practicing twelve hours a day. Of course, they get into the studio and they knock out twenty songs in six hours. Sure. That'd blow the thing up, um, right? right? <laughs> um, so kind of like reading back through that and then listening again, like really just trying to take it in from like, a, these guys have just spent a, a crazy six months of their lives, like in hell, mm -hmm. learning this crap. Mm -hmm. Not crap, they're learning this music. So what that? What do you guys think of it? Like what, what was the, what was the, la what was the oppression? Jay, you, you had said last week, you get it. Well, I think what you just said weighed heavily on my mind during this this new re-listen mm -hmm. like I, it went from an album that i enjoyed as a conceptual piece mm -hmm. because i knew it was just a wacky album right to really like like you said like trying to like get into the minds of these people that are creating this music and and knowing that it's not improvised it's mm -hmm. not off the cuff it's not it's meant not, to sound bad it's not meant, it's to, not sound meant to sound bad it's meant to sound the way it is yes and with that in mind and like the like the value of having done many musical projects with multiple different collaborators and knowing how difficult that process can be when you're trying to make when you're trying to, to record a, a normal sounding yeah. you know three chord song that really hit home to me and and like you said like listening to it like these are actual people that are doing this and yeah. trying to like make it sound the best they can. It, it just completely opened up a different window into the music, and I, I just I loved it. I loved it so much. I and it is it is out music. I mean, it is not for everyone, but at the same time, like it's it's just it's so refreshing to hear, and I mm -hmm. really enjoy it. And there's there are moments on the album where it's like, wow, this is a really tight groove mm -hmm. you know we're like this and and also the lyrics you know for the first time really hit me mm -hmm. like the lyrics are really cool 
You know, they're all stream of consciousness rants. Totally. Really. Yeah, but, they are. Just wordplay and words that rhyme with the word he said a while ago. It's just, yeah, right. It's, it's all but over they the place. somehow like in his delivery, it just it really speaks. It really moves, and it's very visceral. And I just love it, man. I love it. Right on. Which yeah, I could say I could say that like uh, listening after our last episode and kind of just I sort of dipped my toe in the water at that point, but mm-hmm. I definitely took the plunge and listened to it a few times, especially in the days immediately after we talked about it. Um, and I listened to it while I was traveling. You know, one thing that I that I come back to is how people will say it's genreless that well, it really yeah. it really does not belong in any box that we've tried to you know create for types of mm-hmm. music it just doesn't belong it's like it, it's from its own dimension or something yeah um yeah. also one thing that was striking to me is as jay pointed out just getting into the mindset of these people who have been you know kind of almost brainwashed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then also from like the the point of view of this be- being some, this supposedly super influential album. And so I'm kind of like, and that part of my mind is open. Like, I'm kind of like, I've got this net like, in my I mean, head. Here, I'm trying like, to hear anywhere this yeah, is taught, yeah, yeah. like any is, place is, that's referenced yeah, this. Is anything familiar that yeah. I heard in so, somewhere else, you know? And so I noticed definitely a, a handful of different little uh, moments. Um, one, of the, one of the records that came to mind was... Um, the Slint album, Spiderland. Yeah, that I played oh, yeah. for you guys. Which also has kind of this if if there was like a grunge version of <laughs> Trout Mask Replica, I would say that's yeah. it. But definitely I like in, a really in the good, way that yeah. the way the guitars are playing these sort of they don't sound nice at, especially at first. I kept you know, thinking about time, so much indie. Yeah. Yeah, but but given time, they 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 do fit like a puzzle. It becomes and, an aesthetic to you. Yeah, like it becomes appealing over yeah, over exactly. a course of listens. Like exactly. I kept thinking, I kept thinking about pavement. To be honest, oh sure, oh, yeah. like some like slanted and enchanted, like that for the just just that like intentional disrupted. In, mm-hmm. You know, sounds wrong, but that's what they mean to do. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's. I mean, this is much less accessible than that but what yeah. is that i mean how does that because jay you've never been a fan of pavement and I, and this isn't pavement at all like pavement's much more trying to be hip and this does not give that vibe <laughs> um yeah i mean i liked uh, like the noise rock part of pavement it was mm-hmm. kind of more the the lyrics and the vocal and like the delivery and the style sure. was or, just or what i did Malcolm's really personality <laughs> yeah i guess yeah. you could put it that way yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean i uh, yeah no, I, I wanted to it's say it, i wanted to say that i've come around on pavement but i yeah i kind of the well, same there's, way there's, there's time there's time <laughs> i saw them once at the man center outside of philly they really? road, did a road trip with some friends a, a friend of mine some, someone I was playing soccer with at the time was like, hey, I got a nice <laughs> ticket to Pavement in Philly. Do you want to drive up there with me and go see them? And I was like, all right, road trip. Let's do it. And, you know, and like we went up. Yeah. And it was awesome. It was great. Was it? Nice. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. So, and I didn't know them all that well, to be honest. Yeah. But then after that, I went back. And Anyway, but, but getting back to Captain Beefheart. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, the record is very interesting. And I think that, again, it's, when, when you hear people like David Lynch and Matt Groening 
and uh, Steve John Vai, Frusciante. Yeah. John Frusciante. Yeah. Steve Vai said uh, said a really interesting thing. He was like, I, I, I mean, we probably saw, all saw it on the same Wiki article, but it, he was saying like, at first I was like offended, afraid, by, how, I was by out of tune it was. Yeah, yeah. But then I, yeah. but then I met. He he actually met the singer whose name I can never Von Valet. Dan, Don Van Valet. <laughs> Van Valet Industries. Van Valet. <laughs> Uh, Captain yeah, Beefheart. He he, uh, he met Captain Beefheart. Steve I did, and uh, and then went back and listened to it afterwards and called it liberating. Well, there you go. I, I, can I see mean, that's kind of what we've yeah. that's what we've been talking about. Is like if you if you view this from the box of like, okay, these are just some weird avant garde ar- artists that are trying to offend you, and okay, and then you press play and it's like, oh well, I'm offended. This is not palatable music or, or yeah that's or, one or, way of that's one way of like viewing that's one lens to view this through mm-hmm. but another lens is like this is an artist who's trying to put out the best music that he can and this is like his creative output mm-hmm. and these are a bunch of musicians that work really hard to do this i'm not i'm not saying like forgive their mistakes or like that means that you should like it but yep. it's just a different lens to look at it through mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I find my, I found myself in the first couple of listens really bouncing back between whether I should care more about the process mm-hmm. or the vision. Is it more interesting that he wanted it to sound this way, or like the amount of work that these people put in to that? But it really got me to a bigger question, which I wanted to ask you guys about Ooh. your thoughts on, which is the big question. So you know, fifty years later, what was more important? the band, the actual band members that that recorded this album or Captain Beefheart? Huh. Like, would this album have occurred without the, this band? <laughs> I mean, that goes to the heart of it, man. That, that's... I know, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> well, you know, listen, I mean, this is one of those some of some is greater than its parts, right? Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the guy, like, he he had a vision, but he didn't have the patience to stick around and, like, run a rehearsal, right? He wasn't, he wasn't mm-hmm. Frank, the band leader. He was, right. like, maniacal Captain Beefheart, like, the crazy dude who, it might be brilliant, we don't know, we're just gonna go ahead, I'm too young to second-guess this guy, and he's got Frank saying he's gonna record us, so I guess I'll give six months of my life to figure this crap out, and, <laughs> and yeah. I, I think... I think that in the service of the question, my taste would fall on this is an example of the brilliance of Captain Beefheart. Now, this is not an album that he could have done on his own. I'm not trying to say that he is singularly responsible for the output. Not at all. He couldn't have done this without the financial backing of Frank Zappa. He couldn't have done this without the support of a willing young group of musicians. He couldn't have done this without the time period in which it was happening. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this vision doesn't come together without the vision of one singular person wanting to put this music out in the world. Okay, it's true. Yeah, and, and I, 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 you know, and, and I'm not. That's not to denigrate any of the work that any of the musicians I know, put it's on just the, the more the more you read about the more you read like who this has influenced like these artists don't cite they, like they'll cite a specific musician on a specific track it'll be like this guy's lick hmm. on this song like spoke to me and that's the thing that like that hit them 
It was like the the way that this person played on this one specific track. And that's great, but who put them there? Uh, right, I, right. I, I, I don't I don't disagree. I don't disagree necessarily with the would would the album have existed without him? No, but was he more important to the success to the fifty year success of this album being what it is? Yeah. Which I know it's it's a weird question, but I, I would argue, but I would argue. I mean, I would argue that it's more likely that any one of the band members was replaceable, quote unquote. Whereas okay. Captain Beefheart, in this case, is can, just cannot be replaced because then it's just not this project anymore. That also right, assumes right. that they ended up playing it the way he sang slash whistled slash pounded <laughs> it on a that, piano. That's true. We don't know. They could have just we don't know that yeah. taken like okay. I think what he's thinking about is like <laughs> we just all need to be. You need to be in eight, and you need to be in thirty-two. And, it's entirely possible that there was some musical genius who was interpreting all of Don like Don Van yeah. well, that apparently was it's, this, it's entirely this possible. Dumbo French guy, the drummer, uh, was the was yeah. the one who sat there responsible for. Yeah, but I would still say that that guy, as brilliant as he might have been in interpreting, is still interpreting something from somebody. Yeah, and it takes a guy, it takes a mammoth amount of confidence and or craziness to put something like this together. I also think it takes a lot of luck having people around you that can make your insane, no doubt, contrarian and impossible to work with, like ass. Yeah, be able to put a record out. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt about um, that. Most most of the time, it doesn't work out. <laughs> no, yes, most of the time, yes. those people get fired. And, from and listen, yes. I, I can t- I can tell you this just from all the different experiences, and I know you guys have had a few yourselves, but like just all my experiences as a sideman, you know, and working mm-hmm. in different bands with different people and seeing you know what it's like to work in a band with someone who's like, yeah, they have a vision, but like it ain't going anywhere because they right. are a mess. They're a mess. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just mm-hmm. not, what can you do at that point? Once you realize that this person's a complete mess, like, are you, you, you're not going to do the long haul. No, you've hitched yourself you know? to an unstable ride. Yeah. You're like, yeah. And, and then, and then at that point, I, I've, I've kind of been forced sadly in these situations to be like, I'm just kind of, kind of at this point doing it for a paycheck. Yeah. And the first opportunity that I can, I'm sneaking out to the replace back door. that paycheck. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know because, and, but like, but I will go along with someone's vision if they aren't a mess <laughs> without receiving the paycheck. I will do that if that, I believe in the music and I believe yeah. that the that the the captain of the ship is not willing to, to willing to sabotage the whole thing or willing to to sacrifice all of us. You yeah. know, or, yeah. or us being the uh, you know, the uh, hi- the man. hired guns yeah. or whoever. But I've seen it time and time again, you know, and yeah. it can be um, a real drag. And I'm sure that they probably felt this way after the record was done. Yeah. Oh yeah, because it was it there was, was even, like a failure at first, you know, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's, there was a, even a commercial failure. Yeah. Right. There was even a quote in here. This blew my mind in the Wikipedia entry from Zappa about how contrarian. Beefheart was with him yeah. about how he was tracking <laughs> and at a certain point Zappa just said you know what I'm just gonna shut up and whatever the hell he tells me to do I'm gonna do and to for Zappa, Zappa to, say to wear down yeah, yeah exactly to wear Zappa down yeah, yeah. my god this man <laughs> must have yeah, been Nick, unbearable yeah. yeah Nick and I were joking about around before you know it's like Frank's like 
All right, whatever you say, weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) You freak. (laughs) Boy, this guy's this guy's a real nut job. (laughs) So, yeah, man, can I get can I get one more track? Just one more track. Just put an end cap on this. Yeah, let me hear one. We were talking about artists that he influenced, and you know, uh, Tom Waits to me has to be like, yeah. I, I've never seen Tom Waits come out and, and absolutely say that he's influenced by this album, but I, I can't think that oh, yeah. Tom Waits' career Holy would cow. have existed it's his vocal without style this album. And everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and this is one of my favorites. It reminds me of Tom, and it's just a great groove. And once the vocals, I just love everything about it. This song is called Pachuco Cadaver. Pachuco Cadaver. More death. And, come uh, on, Jay. Yeah. Oh, geez, you're right, man. Apologies, listeners. This, this will it. be the last time we play Trout Mash for no replica for a couple episodes. Anyway. Maybe. <laughs> a squid eating dough in a polyethylene bag is fast and bulbous. Got me? Sissies don't dare to glance. Yellow jackets and red devils buzzing round her hair hive hole. She wears her past like a present. Yeah, next episode. Stay tuned for next episode, listeners, when we try to break down the time signature of that second part of that song. Everybody's in different ones, right? (laughs) How would you count that, Greg? (laughs) I couldn't hear it over the the vocals, to be honest. (laughs) So it's, all, it's mixed all weird. <laughs> I will say this. Um, yeah. Well, first of all, I, I also, uh, speaking of Tom Waits, um, I remember reading a quote, like, didn't Beefheart say, like, yeah, Tom Waits had the nerve to think he could sing like me. <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard that. Yeah. That's true. And then uh, and the other thing was, um, I played this for Kaz, and Kaz was kind of like, you know, I, I think that the voice could carry this for me. That I could listen to this because because I, really? I was kind of like joking about it. You know, I was like, "This is pretty mm-hmm. avant-garde. You might want to turn this off like after thirty seconds." <laughs> but you know, she's also she's a, she's aware of a lot of avant-garde yeah, um, sure. perspectives and worked in like the underground New York dance world, okay. modern she's stuff. Se- she's seen some stuff. Yeah, she's totally. seen some. She's seen a thing or two. Open to different ideas. I'm pretty sure, like when I when I mentioned this to her, she was like, "Oh yeah," like like I could tell that like she's probably been at parties where people were like, "Oh yeah, listen to Trap Master," <laughs> yeah. or whatever whatever it is. Uh-huh. It's 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 a staple of you know yeah. kind of hip yeah avant garde uh, artsy yeah like a, yeah. I'm cool and weird yeah yeah and that's yeah. not we're that we're not trying to do that here. You should check it no. out. We're just observing it and again and celebrating the fact that it's streaming again. Um, yeah. because we've been advised by our our luminaries those that, that have come is, before that, us 
like uh-huh. yeah they told us that that we should check this out so right. Guess, that's right you know thanks and so we did and uh, much like matt graining it's like wait zappa was Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'll keep listening. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but that's cool what you said that 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 Kaz thought that the vocals could carry it. That that, and I think there's some truth to that. That like his vocals are so compelling. They're good. And weird. And, and they were good. Oh, they were they're overdubbed. Really good. Completely outside of the recording session. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh man. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> so crazy. Added them after. Like. Yeah. Without <laughs> listening. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Incidentally, Tom Waits was a huge Captain Beefheart fan, and he's written a poem about him. And yeah. Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, that's rad. And uh, you know what? I think we should kind of, you know, keep listening to it and maybe revisit it again. Yeah. Maybe, if like, any nuggets you uncover, share them. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. It's a, cool. it's it's a good it's a good returning a returning bit. I like, Listeners, I like, our, our new title for season four is going to be the Captain Beefheart Radio Hour. Do you get it yet? That's what it's called. <laughs> Do you get it yet? <laughs> Do you get it yet? <laughs> Do you get it yet? Just going to keep doing it until everybody confirms. <laughs> you should you should get it by now. <laughs> oh, well done. Man. Anyway, that is right my on. piece for the week. Greg, how are we? Thank you, Nick. Yes, indeed. Oh, doing good, man. Doing good. So, listen... I'll try to make this pretty brief, but I do have a couple clips. Oh, I hope it's um, not too I, brief. This is exciting. Well, you know, <clears> listen, <throat> I, I saw a Rolling Stone article, and I have said, you know, lately I've been traveling around, and sometimes like Mondays when we record this podcast rolls up, and I'm like, I Snap. have yeah. nothing to talk about. Or <laughs> even worse, I'll be like, I thought of four things to talk about this week, and I didn't write any of them down, and now I cannot remember any of them. <laughs> so oh, I no. saw this article, and I was like, okay, I am definitely going to text this or email this, whatever, to the boys, to Nick and Jay. And You did. You were, you were, the, you were like, how do you start a Slack thread? It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I did. Greg was I, on it for some, re- for some and reason, did, I yeah. did. So listen, I, this article was in Rolling Stone, and... Mm-hmm. It's about a new book that's coming out about Daptone Records, oh, the oh, nice. Brooklyn yeah. uh, record label um, that specializes in kind of retro soul. Yeah. Um, they're the and best, man. Yeah, they wanted so to good. talk about, the, I guess this book, um, I freaking well, it's, love an, this it's, revival. it's an excerpt oh. from the book. It, it talks specifically about the singer Charles Bradley. Okay. And oh, yeah. let's play a clip of Charles Bradley. Let's listen. If you will, Jay. I'll tell you more about him after. I feel unhappy. I feel so sad. I have lost the best friend that I ever But it's too late now 
Man, so good. good stuff, right? Love it. Oh. Yeah. If you like that stuff, I mean, go listen to all his Hell stuff. Yeah. I mean, maybe some listeners out there might recognize this song. It's the theme song for a hit TV show <laughs> called Big Mouth. Yeah. Uh, it's a cover, Nick, right? You said, yeah. It's a cover of a Black Sabbath song. So this yeah. is a this is a Black Sabbath song called Changes, and yeah, this is the Charles Bradley cover of it. It's the it's the theme song for Big Mouth, which is a, which is a cartoon for adult show about puberty. So I'm going through changes. Yeah, yeah, it's quite <laughs> perfect. Yep. And um, so if any listeners out there have heard, you know, maybe you'll be like, that's where I know that from. Yeah, yeah. but it came out pretty recently. I mean. You might want to peep this article because it's an excerpt, again, from a book about Daptone Records. Now, Daptone yeah, we'll Records. Yeah, link it in the show notes. Yep. I didn't even, I barely skimmed this because I just felt like I could talk about this topic for a while. What I do know well, is You know about, a lot of bands that have been signed to Daptone. Yeah, yes, yeah. What's, exactly. What's, what's the Daptone deal? Do you, do you have any well, backstory on that? Well, I know that they're, they're based in Brooklyn, and they were, I believe they were started in probably the 90s. What they're most known for is Amy Winehouse and her really? sound. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what bro- put them on the map. And Mark Ronson. Mm. Um, so, it. yeah. So, but it wasn't started by Mark Ronson. It was actually started by a guy named Gabe Roth. He and um, he was one of the founding members of Antibalas, if I, if I know my history correctly. Gabe Roth was there, and they just... They just put started putting records together. They also had Sharon Jones. If you've ever heard of Sharon, Sharon Jones. Jones and the Dap mm-hmm. Kings, the Dap yeah. refers to the Dap Tone Records like house mm-hmm. band. And I knew some guys in that band, and I definitely know a lot of the guys in Antibalas, which is another. Group. Yeah, it was your buddies. Yeah. yeah, and so that's uh, again Gabe Roth was, I believe, one of the founding members. I know a few of the early guys in that band. Antibalas is kind of a. Um, an Af- it's an Afrobeat orchestra, like mm-hmm. based on the template of Fela Kuti's music mm-hmm. uh, from Nigeria. And so mm-hmm. you have that. And then you also had almost kind of a rival band in the Budos band, the which Budos is also, band. also the Manahan Street Band. It's like the same band. Yeah. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. And so the Manahan Street Band was Charles Bradley's backing band. And yeah, so right, right. It's, all, it's, it's really all like, it's like 20 people. But they yeah. like have all these different acts, you know. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, and yeah, it's so, a small um, crew that's like bring, yeah. that's like bringing this whole like soul revival. Yeah, it's right. Awesome. And the reason I got to know these guys is because I was playing in the band The Funk Arc out of DC, mm-hmm. and our band leader and keyboardist Will Rast, super talented, he basically built this Funk Arc band in the image of Antibalas because he saw them. Mm-hmm. Right. And was just like obsessed with them. And with good reason, because they're awesome. So yeah. he was turning me on to a lot of these records. And we were driving around to gigs a lot together. And he would play me all these bands. And the one that really made me light up was Budo's band. And I want you to play this track.
Aha! Come man. On, man. Yeah, that's right? Some, that's, a, that's an interesting mix, too. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, they just nail that 70s, yeah. you know, like, just cop. All the highs get smushed together, and, like, it just... It's like a cop, like a 70s cop or detective film chase sequence. Oh, yeah. yeah like, but that yeah. sound. <laughs> but, like, the instruments, <laughs> like, they definitely, they have those things tweaked. Like, they're coming in oh, yeah. at the right, it's, yeah. It's, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Some of my yeah. favorite music to work to, honestly, is, like, instrumental mm. music from... From Dapstone? Yeah, from that time, absolutely. Yeah. And the Olympians? Yeah, yeah. Do you know anything about the Olympians? I don't think so. Is that a band? I there? imagine they're. I imagine they're a different collection of the same musicians, but they just do instrumental music of kind of more funk based. Uh, it's it. God, it's great. It's great. Also on Daptones. So Jay, okay. I wanted you to pull this clip by another Daptone band called the Doctaris. Uh, mm-hmm. It's called Altsug Ibal Lasiti from the album Soul Explosion. And I want to play this and then tell you about how this one came about. Excellent. Go for it. Isn't that, isn't that nice? So, yeah. you know how John Mayer, we talked about this recently. I hate to pivot right <laughs> okay. into John Mayer. It's okay. We're back. Okay. Yep. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just was... bear with me. Bear with me. Wait, bear with let's me. play a clip from Saab Rock. That was no, definitely yeah. <laughs> yeah, bear with me. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, bear with me. John Mayer put out the Saab Rock, and his whole thing was like, imagine there was this 80s album that like just got dis- like discovered. Right. Right? Well, that was what the Doctaris did. But there was... It was it's like the same Daptone guys, but they just made up a band that like oh, never brilliant. that never existed. Yeah. So brilliant. Is this old and so, soul. Yeah, and they just put they just printed some on vinyl and just kind of like put them around in Brooklyn in record stores, and so people would find it and be like, "Who's this?" You know, it's like soul love explosion. Oh, God, I know? love that. Right. Man. And like it wasn't credited to them or anything. It, it, you know. So anyway. That's wild. But it's really good. That's that stuff is really fun to listen to. And um, you know, this the thing is that I, when you find someone who knows about Dabtone Records, they will like talk your ear off. It's kind of like a, <laughs> yeah. you know, like a, it's a it's it's I, a. I just uh, I, I just had somebody like two weeks ago with uh, friend Casey. It, she was like, "You've got to check out Manny Hand Street Band." Yes, beautiful. Like, oh, okay, yeah, no, it was it was yeah, a, yeah. it was yep, very much. But yeah, you're right. Very spirited advocate <laughs> yeah exactly and i don't know what it is but they, they tapped into something they tapped into like a real spirit and a sound and a vibe and um yeah well you what well, you, you don't do you get that anymore from a label like the reliable like you're following a label not many. sometimes you do it but still with film, film studios or like you know obviously directors but like yeah it is rare isn't it mm-hmm. yeah where you've got like and a I, label yeah, yeah. And I, I hate this. I mean, God, I really say it, it kind of pain, it. It kind of pains me to to say this, but like one of the things about Dabton that is really sad is that they've had so many great artists, and then like right as they're getting up there, something bad, something terrible happens, and they, in like four cases that I can say off the top of my head, they pass away. 
Mm. So Amy Winehouse being one of them, cut down in her prime. Mm-hmm. Charles Bradley was starting to get popular. Mm-hmm. He died of, I think, a heart attack. Um, Sharon Jones died of cancer. I met her once uh, really? at a gig Yeah, with, with uh, Will. She was super nice and extremely talented. Mm-hmm. Um, extremely. And then fine, I'll, leave, I'll leave with this one last clip from a bit. This is a really cool band. If you like reggae, this is mm-hmm. like uh, the Daptone version of reggae. Okay. Um, it's like a, a killing band. And then a guy who's an American singer, but this, this young cat, even this young cat who was like maybe 30, caught like Lou Gehrig's disease and passed away. Oh. And it's just like wow. such an incredible voice. Oh. Yeah. That's... What song did I Ouch. give you, Jay? All My Tears. Perfect. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, and we'll, we'll send this out as a, as a, as a tribute to the fallen Datone soldiers that, you know, or crystallized, though, in, mm-hmm. in, their, yeah. in their mission. And I'll say one, one more last thing, which is that, like, you know, you see it in bands like Black Pumas. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's, this, there's this effect, this ripple effect. Or Robert no Mosha, it's not, it's what's not. his name? Mosha, what? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah, a lot of, like, any band who's doing, like, kind of a retro 70s thing may owe a debt of gratitude to the doors that... Including that Mr. Anderson Pock and uh, with, with, who's, sure. who's it? Yeah, and who's he doing uh, an album uh, with right now? Bruno. Bruno, Bruno, Bruno yeah. Yeah, that's going to be exciting, Yeah, that's too. definitely, yeah, indeed. That's going to be neat. So let's hit it. Exactly. Oh God, I love that um, so much. I do too. I don't love reggae, but that's <laughs> <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> but dude, listen, that's that's it though. It's like you can any anything they touch, it's kind of like they just know how to make stuff sound good. Yeah, yep. and, um, it's true. You know, big big ups to Gabe Roth. I actually uh, New Year's twenty twenty met him and got to jam with him at a New Year's party. Oh wow! Which it was really nice. random and fun, and you know, <laughs> someone was like, you know, I met it was like, hi Gabe. You know, it's like. Did you meet Gabe? Gabe, Gabe. You know, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. yeah, like that kind of thing. Nice. And yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a he's a very talented cat. And I, I, one of his quotes that I love that you guys will will appreciate is they said, "Oh, you you only use tape machines," and he was like, "Show me a computer that sounds as good as a tape machine, and I'll use it." <laughs> there you go. 
You know, right. like yeah. that's, that, it's not. It's like I'm not fighting the technology. It just doesn't sound as good, right? Right. <laughs> which I, which I, which I really uh, respect. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's not like oh, I'm trying. I'm doing this to be because like I want to be Jack White. To make a statement. You know, or, You're right. Yeah. Right, ex- right. Yeah, yeah. You know. So anyway, that's but, great. Well, he's doing so, something so, right over there, man. That's let me great. tell you. So, just to sum it all up, man. If you're at a party and you don't know what to put on, just throw on some dab. <laughs> anything from Dabton, you'll be a good, you'll be you're good. Right. You're totally right. People, people come up to me. Yeah, if I just put that stuff on, people are like, "Oh man, this is great." Who's DJing? You know. <laughs> I'm like, I, listen, I didn't do anything. <laughs> Brilliant. There you go. Brilliant. There you have it. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mr. Loman. I have one last final request from you. Uh, this evening before we go. Could you tell the fine folks at home how to get in touch with us, how please? How you get in touch oh, with yeah. us? Well, you'd start by maybe going on the interwebs and uh, looking up our website. You should check it out, .com. Uh-huh. And then you could also send us an email at yscipodcast at gmail.com. Emails are nice. If that like didn't work, you could hop on social media. You got, find if you us got on, it. If you got it. If you, if you have it, you can yeah. find us on Facebook and Instagram. You should check it out. Go to Twitter. Maybe, maybe you don't have Facebook or Instagram. Maybe you're Twitter. Are you tweeting? Yeah. Are you tweeting? We're on Twitter. If you're we tweet only. <laughs> our, our handle is at should check. In theory. And uh, we've done a few up there. And um, otherwise, you can tell your friends to find us on Apple Podcasts. Uh-huh. That's right. Spotify. And uh, yeah, tell your friends that you should check it out. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's the most critical thing is to tell your friends. And I, let Please me tell do. you, last night at that party... Mm. It was beautiful. It felt like I was finally at home. Everyone that I walked up to was like, "Ah, I love your podcast. I love your really? podcast. You sound great. I love your podcast. I didn't get Every invited to this party, the one party <laughs> so where people good. are like, Greg, I'm sorry. Now, what I'm trying to say is that Nick Klein has done a great job in his circle of family and friends of getting the word out. So I told you guys I'm trying. Be it's, more it's, like it's, Nick. You're doing great. Tell oh, your friends. All right. It's going great. <laughs> it's going well. And happy 40th on birthday to Nick Lyon. Yeah, not even, not not yet, but thanks. <laughs> yeah. no, nothing like a the early amount of times yesterday, warning. I had to, every single person that walked up to me said, why are you here? And then, <laughs> happy birthday. And both of which were so confusing. <laughs> I live here. No, it's not. That was my response, usually. <laughs> uh, good time. <laughs> but thank you. Cool. It was wonderful. It was awesome. Awesome. It was our pleasure. All right. Listeners, we'll see you back here next week. And until then, stay safe. Tell a friend. We'll see you back here next week. Peace. Peace.